Look at my car. Look at my girl, look like the star. Look at my life. Came up, nigga, we came so far. You see us. Crush off. Get off. You see us, nigga. Look at my car. Look at my girl, look like a star. Look at my life. Came up, nigga, we came so far. You see us. What's up, everybody? This is the Misguided Podcast, where we intend to guide you to a better future. My name is Juwan. I'm sitting here with Steve Hafner, Decision Performance Specialist and Keynote Speaker. What's up, man? Good morning. Hey, Juwan. Good morning. How are you doing today? I am living. I'm living. Uh, it's beautiful. It was actually raining like yesterday, and now it's it's super sunny outside. So I didn't think it rained in California. Ah, yeah, man. It, <laughs> barely, you know. Um, I think this is like the... The third, it, it, it rains and then it's like sunny the next day. So it's like yeah. you can never get that, you know, what the what the trees need, right, to keep the fires from coming. But um, yeah, it's how, how's it down there? How's the weather? Uh, it it was a tough week. We had a lot of snow. We had some ice and then some snow. So I'm in I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. So people think Kentucky, you probably don't get bad weather, but yeah, occasionally we do. So, how, but how today, to, uh, it, not that bad compared to a lot of places. We got like a half a foot. Yeah, so okay so we didn't suffer too bad and and today it's going to get going to start melting some of that so nice so nice. we're doing good i like the change of seasons yeah man uh texas is 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 crazy right now it's literally on the on the news non-stop so i'm glad you guys aren't as bad as them or or, or anything but yeah no we're, we're not that's tough what they're going through for sure definitely um cool well let's go ahead and dive into the podcast so um let's introduce the audience who you are Sure, absolutely. So I am, you know, I call myself a decision performance expert or specialist. And, you know, that's a term that I coined and we'll get into what I mean by that in a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I started, think about this. What's the first big decision that you have to make in your life that's going to affect you for the rest of your life? Basically, when you're in high school and deciding after high school, what am I going to do? Right? Mm -hmm. Am I going to go to college? Am I going to you know, go work for somebody? Am I going to try to start my own business? What am I going to do? And so for me, it was basically, I really didn't have a choice, but to go to college, you know, my parents were like, yes, you're going to college. So <laughs> the, the thing is you decide, okay, what do I want to, what do I want to get into? And that's a pretty tough decision for a 17 or 18 year old to have to make, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm mapping out my life at this point, you know, but you do have to think about it. And so I thought, what were my passions? What did I love? Well, I love two things. I loved writing. I was always, ever since I was a little kid and I could start picking up a pencil and starting to write, I wrote poems and songs and short stories and just that, that was kind of my thing, you know? And so I thought, well, that's one thing I love. Maybe I should get into writing of some sort, be an author. Another thing that I loved was performing. So I was kind of an introvert. I was a bit of a shy kid and still am to some degree, but getting on stage, you know, with a script and taking a role of another character that felt good. I, that allowed me to express myself and mm -hmm. I didn't feel, you know, I didn't have that introversion. I was able to break out a little bit. So two things, writing and performing were what I really love. So I thought, okay, what's going to be my major in college? Computer science. <laughs> oh man, that sounds like, uh, that sounds like more than half of America. A lot of people, a lot of people just pick a major and then go from there and then never end up using it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, they, um, uh, you know, it was in the early 80s. This was when I was graduating high school and, you know, computer programmers were in high demand, still mm -hmm. are actually. Yeah, but, we'll always be. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, so so my parents were, they were looking at, well, gosh, you know, Steve's got this creative side, but it could be a tough road to hoe to try to 
try to, you know, make it, make a living doing, being an artist of some sort, whether it's in writing or acting or whatever. And, uh, but, you know, I did take a computer class in high school and I liked it. I've always been a puzzle solver and that's kind of what programming is. And so my parents were encouraging me to go that route. And, and I had agreed that was a safer, more secure route. I would always be able to have a job, a good paying job. So I got a degree in computer science and that launched me on a 30 year career in the IT industry. So it was, yeah, so, so it was great. So, you know, I had my career as a starting off as a programmer, various title systems, engineer, systems analyst. Then I got into the management side and I was, I was leading product, product teams and project teams. I became a vice president of a small company too. And I was, my title was actually business analyst. That was the last title that I had when I was working for a big company. Mm. So I, I was always on the, 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 you know, the, the IT side, a lot of it was in healthcare and, um, but it was around, oh, probably around 2005, I think I picked up a hobby and that was magic. And when I was a kid, I loved magic, you know, but I kind of grew out of it. And then I had kids of my own. And when they were starting to be like three and five years old, I, I saw a book in a bookstore on magic. I thought, Hey, I loved magic when I was a kid. I wonder if my kids would like to see some tricks. So I, I bought the book and, you know, they, they kind of liked it, but I was like really getting into it again. So I joined the magic club. I started doing <laughs> charity events. I would do yeah. my, you know, be the magician at my kids' birthday parties and really had a fun time. And I thought, wow, I wonder if I could make a living doing this. Yeah. As soon as I had that thought though, a little voice in my brain said, are you nuts? Are you crazy? You've got a su- successful corporate career we're in the middle of a recession because by this time it was around 2010 or in the middle of a recession you're making good money you've got a family to support you know and you've got this crazy idea to become a magician that's nuts get that out of your head you know stop yeah and so i'm like oh so that voice was loud and clear so i kind of put that on the shelf you know didn't didn't really consider it always had it back there but didn't really the idea Let's explore that. So, because sure. a lot of a lot of people, you know, they they have hobbies or they have dreams and, and aspirations of other stuff, but they don't want to leave that security. They don't, you know, that security blanket is their W two job where you're making really good money. Now, in 2010, man, you, you you know, that's right in the middle of everything that's happening, right? So, for you to even think that is kind of like whoa, like it definitely is a shock to everyone, right? So, right. what made you actually take that step to? just say, I'm done. This is what I love. This is what I want to, you know, do. I don't care what you guys say. What made you take yeah. that? Step? Well, it, w- it was two things that kind of came together at one point. So I had been, I, I took a job at a company that they, they basically had one contract and it was with the U S government doing healthcare insurance, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for military retirees and their families. And, uh, and they'd had this contract for a long time. Then they hired me and <laughs> about a year after they hired me and the, the contract came up for rebid, they lost the contract. Yeah. And so everybody at the company is like, ah, we got to update our resumes. We got to figure out what we're going to do. You know, what, what am I going to do next? Well, I had just gone through this process a year prior, you know, get to get that job. And I was tired of it. I didn't really like this job. It had been a switch from the more technical side into the managerial side. I wasn't really having a great time with it. And that's when the voice came back and said, magician magician and i looked you know at the market in my area and i thought well there's you know a couple of people that are making a living doing it but it's it's not a saturated market by any means and i thought you know 
So, so I looked at it and I had thought about it for a long time. It wasn't something that I just jumped into, but when this company lost the contract and I thought I'm going to have to be looking for another job anyway, yeah, that's when this idea came back. You know, of course I talked to my wife, I said, is this crazy? What would you think about, you know, and she was supportive. She said, you know, if that's what you want to do and you think you can have, make it work, then, you know, then go for it. But I was afraid I had that fear, you know, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Um, the good thing was though, I had this 30 year career, you know, I had savings, I had money saved up. I could afford to have a period of building a company where I didn't have any income or very little income. Uh-huh. I had that cushion. So, so that was something that helped me too. Um, so I was, I was struggling and if you've ever, and I'm sure you have Juwan, you've had this, a, a problem, a, a question a decision that you had to make that was going to have a big effect on you or other people and you had two sides that were both equal and were both pushing against you that's uncomfortable and -hmm. it's painful even and i was going through this and i was really struggling with it because i knew oh i wanted to do it but oh this is a stupid thing to do back and forth so here here's what happened one day i i drove to work i worked downtown and parked in a parking garage and I didn't go in. I just sat in my car thinking about this decision. I, what, what, I was, what was I going to do with the rest of my life? And a song came on the radio. And, and you're a musician. So, um, <laughs> you yeah. know, the fact that, that music played a part in this is interesting. Um, but I'd never heard this song before. And I'd never heard it. I have never heard it on the radio since. So that, <laughs> isn't that odd? Yeah. So I, I turned it on and or, or I had the radio on. And all of a sudden, I started listening to it. And some of the lyrics were just kind of hit me in the face. The lyrics were, there comes a time when you have to ask yourself, where am I going? What have I done? Are you taking the rules that you've been giving, given or breaking the rules with your own decisions? Isn't it time you tried? Mm. And I heard those and a wave hit me. It was just like, and it's kind of hard to explain. I don't know if there was a wave of relief or awareness, but I actually had tears coming down my face and and I'm not a crier, but it just, because I had been struggling and this was such a painful decision. And I suddenly felt, yeah, that's it. Those lyrics that what that song says is true for me. I have to take control. I have to do what I want um, and what I think is important to me. Um, Mm -hmm. And what great thing about magic is that two things that you need to be a magician need to be creative writer and you like performing. And those were my two passions back from high school. Right. So yeah. they're coming back into play. That was another thing that made me want to get into magic. Um, but after, after that, that, that moment sitting in my car and I heard that song and I made that decision. Um, by the way, the song is called live in the life. Yeah. I was going to ask that. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It's called live in the life. It's why I believe the name is Martin Sexton. And I have looked it up and I've watched the video on YouTube a lot of times. You know, yeah, to get motivated. I can tell you knew the lyrics like head on. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Yep. And like I said, that was the only time I heard it in the radio. How odd is that, that it happened right at that moment when I had that. But sometimes, thing. sometimes, you know, it's like it, things like that happen, right? It's like the either I've had it moment of where I hate my job. I've had it. I'm done. And and their life kind of changes, or it's like these moments that kind of like, I don't know, they just kind of push us over the edge, and, and we all need it. And that's super cool that you had it in your car, you know, 
right mm-hmm. right before you were thinking uh <laughs> about leaving the job like you didn't even want to walk upstairs to your to your uh to your job so that's super yeah. cool i did want to touch up on a, a point though that that you mentioned um it was about kind of um touching on your your passions or two passions that you had in high school for me it seems like it seems like we have these passions and, and once we finally figure out these passions society kind of it kind they they mold us with their perceptions of what we should be right so they mold us right. in you should go to college you should do this um, because this is kind of going to be comfortable for you. It's going to be a security blanket for you. You should go this route, be a doctor, be a, a nurse, right? Or something. When when some of us just have a passion to, you know, be on stage, right? Right. But they don't tell you, oh, you know, that that's a, a way you can make money. They don't really teach us that. So it kind of it kind of sucks that we we finally find this passion. Then you go to college, you become a, a computer scientist or, you know, into IT for 30 years. Until you finally realize, dang, I, I didn't waste my time. I'm not going to say waste your time, but I, it took me 30 years to figure out this was my actual passion. And I knew it all along, but society kind of made me think, hey, I should be a computer scientist or your parents kind of, you know, put you into that that mold. And and I think it's just yeah. super interesting. And I think, I think that, I mean, we're going to talk about it, but I think that's kind of where decision performance comes in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I don't. I don't look back with regret that I took the computer science route because, you know, I did, I did make decent money and, yeah. and, and it was, you probably learned it a was lot fun. Yeah. I did. I did. And, and I learned a lot about, about management and leadership, you know, just from watching other people. And then when I stepped into those kind of roles and it was all good for me and, and, and it has molded who I am in my experience, but I'm also glad that I didn't keep at it when it wasn't fitting me anymore. And that True. I, and that I recognize, hey, there's something else that I think is, is fits me better. And one of the things that I have realized is that I wanted to use my God-given talents, you know, and I feel like I have these, you know, not just passions, but, but the ability to bring joy to people, you know, through entertainment, um, but also, and, and since then moving into speaking, it also, help people, you know, to achieve their goals and and to live their values. And so I had the value of, of making the best use of my talents. And so I wanted to live that value. And I had the means at that point that I could do it, you know? So, um, so, but, but yeah, but it was a, a definitely a tough decision to make. We, We are the, the whole thing with safety and security is that, um, and there's nothing wrong with, there's no, nothing wrong with wanting to have financial security, you know, and if, if, you know, the, the corporate world is the way that you can get that and, and you, and you can be happy with it. You don't want to do something that is, that you're miserable at, or that conflicts with your values, you know, obviously. Um, but, but there's nothing wrong with working for somebody else, you know, if that's going to bring you happiness and financial security. Um, but I think a lot of times we, we, we have this part of our brain. I call it the lizard brain. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm not, I didn't make up that term, but it goes back to the reptilian brain concept that we have that, that a lot of what goes on at the subconscious level comes from our private primitive instincts to stay safe because that part of our brain, it's only job is to keep us alive so we can pass on our DNA to future generations. Right. Yeah. So it wants to keep us alive and it's always on the lookout for potential threats. So it, focuses on safety and security. So we have that at the subconscious level, you know, pushing us. And, and sometimes we have to 
get over that. We have to push ourselves past that if we want to be our be the best version of ourselves, you know, that we yeah. can be. See, one thing that we we have that on on top of we have you know, every pressure from society wanting us to do the same thing. So it's, you know, we have that. And then we have our teachers telling us, you know, this is what you should do. This is how you should learn. Right. Um, but they, you know, they, they don't touch on taxes, business, you know, I just, for example, I had my brother come over, uh, like two days ago because he, he couldn't understand taxes and he needed me to teach him through it. Like, why is that not taught? Exactly. We have to exactly. do it every year. And if you own a business, you have to do it multiple times a year. So like, I just, you know, it, it, it's that's what the whole point of this podcast was, is to guide people in the right direction, um, because there's a lot of stuff that that we're, we're taught and it's not necessarily needed. Like, I'm going to be honest. I can't remember the last time I figured out the hypotenuse of a triangle. <laughs> <laughs> like, you might need that in construction. Right. But not oh, everyone, yeah. not not everyone's in construction. So it's just it's just kind of crazy. But uh, what? Were oh, you- yeah. And I, I think thinking skills need to be taught more, you know, critical thinking, critical thinking. Oh my God. Decision making, you know, just basically. Oh. And, and that, so that's, I guess you could look at it as that's kind of where I, I, I fill in a little bit is uh, you know, I help people, we call it metacognition, thinking about your thinking and uh, how, you know, so if you, the more you know about how your mind works and how your brain works, the more the you better can, you can use it. Yeah. yeah, if, you yeah. Under, yeah. if you understand your, your, the tools that you're using, the better you understand them, the more, you know, the more useful they will be to you. So um, since most of us get paid really to make decisions, you know, and that's, you're going to succeed based on the quality of your decisions, then the tool that you use to make your decisions, you know, if you can understand that and and know what it's doing, especially at the subconscious level, then you're going to be able to, you know, make sure that your decisions aren't going the way of the lizard brain and that they're more in line with your goals and your values. Very true. One, one really interesting thing I thought, would to, to finish out my my story about um bolting from the, the corporate world was that i when i made that decision and i walked into my boss's office that morning and i said uh you know boss i quit and he was like you know what what what's going on you know because because i had I mentioned it before yeah he knew i had magic as a hobby but he's like yeah he's like i thought you were happy here what did you get a better offer what's going on and i said nope i'm quitting to become a magician, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> so I expected him to laugh in my face. Right. You know, kind of nervous about telling him, but he didn't. And he smiled and, and he kind of nodded and he said, you know what? He said, I think that's great. He said, I wish that I had a passion that I could bolt the corporate world for too, that I could make a living at. So, you know, so he, I think a lot of people have that, that they would. And, and, you know, if, just because you have a hobby, something you love to do doesn't mean that, that you should make that your career, you know? No, yeah, yeah. And and I still don't know if it was the best decision for me, but, you know, it has kind of launched me on my path that I'm happy where I am now. I'm, I, I say happy, I'm not satisfied, mm-hmm. but you know, I am glad that I'm on the path that I'm on now, mm-hmm. you know, and I've taken that and I, I have, I have since moved. So I was a magician. I loved entertaining kids. And that's what I did. School shows, festivals, fairs, birthday parties, preschools, I did all of that. And then I got into corporate entertainment as a mentalist, which I don't know if you've ever heard that term, but that's a, it's a branch of magic where it's like mind reading. Mm-hmm. So you, you may have seen a, a show or somebody on YouTube who does mind reading and, or subliminal influence or lie detection, all the things. It's like magic of the mind, psychological illusion, as opposed to visual magic. Okay. And, and, and adults react better to that 
I found stronger to that than they do to visual magic. So I got into that was doing corporate entertainment. Um, and here's something that might be of interest to, to your, uh, your viewers and listeners is that I, I had decided because I needed, I wasn't making enough money. I was making money, you know, at it, but I wasn't getting up to the level I was at in my corporate career yet. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing I wanted to do was, was get into trade shows. Now, some magicians make a living only working trade shows. And what they do, they're, they use the term infotainer and they get hired by a company to get at their booth at, you know, one of these big trade shows that it costs a lot of money to have a booth there, especially a decent sized booth. So these companies want to attract people to their booth, right? So they hire a magician or some other kind of entertainer or something to draw people to them. It's very smart, especially somebody like a magician who can incorporate the message of the company, the products, the services, or whatever, the brand Mm -hmm. into their presentation. They draw people in, they can even qualify the leads. So don't want to go too far off on that tangent, but it's a really, it's a really good, um, good thing for a business to, to incorporate a good marketing strategy, but it's hard sell. It's hard to sell the idea of having a magician in your booth to two companies that have never done it before. Yeah. So, but I decided, you know, boy, this is because you can make a lot of money doing this and you only have to have a few clients that hire you for a few different events during the, during the year and you can make a lot of money. So I'm like, okay. So what I did is I said, I am going to spend the next year focusing on trade shows, mm-hmm. get, you know, trying to, trying to get in and, and do as, uh, and make that the way I make a living and make a lot of money doing this. And I said, if when I reach was a June 30th of that year of the next year. And I said, if by that point I'm going to reassess and I put a reminder on my calendar and I said, if I haven't reached the certain financial goal, done a certain amount of had a certain number of trade show clients and reached that goal by that point, then I was going to switch my focus to speaking because I had dabbled in that a little bit. And I did have this topic of how illusions affect our decision-making as something that I wanted to talk about. But I thought, you know, so this is another route I can go, but I'm not going to do it until I give trade show thing, my full attention and focus for a year. Mm -hmm. So it turned out, so I did it. I got some clients. I worked some trade shows, but I hated the prospecting for it because what you had to do, you had to, you had to look out all, all the um, big trade shows. They have their, the, the floor map online and you can see all the companies that have booths at the trade show. And then you cold call them. And I hated mm. cold calling. Yeah. I I don't know if, <laughs> have you had to do that? I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> Yeah. I, I'm a salesperson, so. Um. Right, right. So it's 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 tough, and people don't want to talk to you. They don't pick up the phone. They won't definitely won't call you back if you if you leave a message. And because this is a service that I had that most people wouldn't consider, that it was hard to convince them. Hey, this is a great idea to get a magician in and to multiply the number of leads you get at your trade show. Since it was so hard, I would wake up in the morning thinking, "Oh, I got to do this for six hours today." And yeah it was soul sucking. I mean, and I thought I didn't leave the corporate world just to do something that I do. Yeah, true. You know, that's going to make me miserable. This is not what I had in mind. But you were investing your time and you were preparing to get to where you wanted to be. And I think that's super important to point out because sometimes you have to just, you know, get through the grind and do what you don't want to do at the moment, which for me was, was cold calling. One of my favorite quotes um, is from Robert Kiyosaki. And he says, um, you know, a lot of people have the misconception of doing what they love. 
but they should do they should invest in what they love so for yeah. you you know you weren't doing what you love at the moment right you weren't cold calling but you were investing your time to reach out to these trades to these trade show people so that if one of them says yes now you're doing what you love because you're performing in front of people you're on stage right. you're investing in yourself you know what i mean so i think that's yeah. super important to point out yeah and any job i have ever had throughout my corporate career or as my own you know in my own business you have to do stuff you don't like to do but yeah. you know you say you don't want to spend 90% of your time doing stuff you don't like to do right i mean True. but so but but there is stuff like like for me i'm not a natural salesman but i have to be a salesman in order to get business doing what i love and and sharing my insights with people you know i have to do it True. but when i reached that that date i did i had not gotten my business as in trade shows up to the level that i wanted and i wasn't enjoying it and so i said okay I hit that tripwire and this is a, this is a decision making strategy is when you make a, a decision um you know that you set tripwires or deadlines along the way you know at certain points and say I'm going to reassess I'm going to see if I need to pivot or adjust if I haven't reached this one benchmark by this point I'm going to take a look at it you know maybe mm. I need to make a change maybe mm. I need to give up this thing I'm doing and do something else or maybe I just need to change the way that I'm doing it. Mm. But you have to think about it. You have to. And if you don't set that tripwire intentionally beforehand, you're going to forget about it. And you're going to you could be going for a long time in the wrong direction. Very know? true. Yeah. Uh, so hard work is important. But if your hard work is not going in the right direction, then you're getting further away from your goal than towards it. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you're, so you've got to have the have the two the two pieces, the hard work and and make sure you're going in the right direction. So, and I don't, you know, I, I'm writing a book right now on uh, called Don't Say It, 25 Common Sayings You Should Really Stop Saying. <laughs> and one of them is you should never give up. And that's a great motivational phrase to, to keep going. But in a lot of cases, it's wrong. It's just, it's not the, it's not right. You, what you should do is assess, like in these, these tripwire situations I talk about, assess are you making progress? So even if it's difficult, don't give up just because it's difficult, right? But assess, are you making progress? Are you making connections? Are you building a foundation? Because at the beginning, as you probably know, when you're first starting a business, that's the tough part. That's when the, the, the gains are the smallest, mm -hmm. right? Because you're building that foundation. And then once you get that strong foundation built, then things start to get rolling if you're going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you assess yourself and say, ah, I'm not making any progress right now. This is, you know, I, I, even though I've spent all this time and money into, into this effort, this is obviously not working. Then it's okay to, to give up or at least think, rethink how you're doing it to do it another way. Because some people, you know, they think, think about Michael Jordan and his baseball career. So he, you know, his, his goal was to become a major league baseball player after mm -hmm. his basketball career was over. And he, I, I forget how long he was in the minor leagues trying to achieve that, but he never achieved it. So at, at one, at some point he gave up because he, he realized here's the situation, you know, and I'm not, this, I'm not, be, I'm not being the best in the world. Like I am with basketball. <laughs> right. Right. Th yeah. This isn't going to happen for me. So that yeah. was good. And then he could take all his personal resources and put them into other endeavors, you know, do, do something else that would be productive and useful, you know? So, so, so that's okay. You know, I think, 
I, and I kind of in, in that book that's going to come out where I, I uh, have a contradictory point of view about a lot of common sayings is that, um, you know, they're, they're motivational sayings that sound good and they might be a good catalyst for people, but people take them to heart too much. And they, you know, you need to really think yeah. I'm all, of, I'm all about thinking. That's one of my values is think past the emotion, you know, emotion makes a great catalyst, but it's terrible as a problem solving mechanism. You know, we need to, we need, we need to decide how we're going to let emotions affect our decision-making and, and if, because a lot of times they get in the way. You know? True. Let's talk about thinking. So you coined yeah. the term decision, uh, decision performance. Um, if you could give me the Wikipedia definition right now for the audience, what would that be? Decision performance is the level at which your decisions achieve your goals and reflect your values. Achieve your goals and reflect your values. So can you give, can can you give us an example um, of someone um, starting a business and, and kind of assessing their decision performance? So um, can you give an example? Well, yeah. And, and you, you assess, and this is important because a lot of people don't do the assessment is that after you first, when, when you're in the decision-making process or or you have something that you're going to do, Okay, so you're you've got this decision. Am I going to start a business, for example? Um, any decision that you make, you want to align your personal resources with the impact of that decision. So we make, you know, take a guess at how many conscious decisions the average person makes every day. I wouldn't be as much as you think it would. It should be. <laughs> <laughs> well, most most people underestimate what it is. It's oh, actually really? it's actually according to a study. It was done several years ago. The average person makes over 35,000 conscious decisions. Now, most of, I mean, that's not, I'm, I'm like, where are my 35,000 decisions? But yeah. a lot of them, a lot of them are very small. You yeah. know, what time are you going to get up in the morning? What are you going to have for breakfast? Very small decision. But, you know, some of them have a big impact and you don't want to spend a lot of time agonizing over, you know, um, uh, should I have pancakes or cereal for breakfast? You know, because that doesn't make sense you don't want to spend your time and energy on that. But, but if you have a decision that's going to have a big impact on yourself or on other people, then you want to put more time, put more time and energy and effort, maybe money into making that decision, create more of a decision process. Right? So if you're about to, to uh, go into business, that's going to be a big deal for you, right? Mm -hmm. For whoever is trying to make this decision. Um, Doesn't mean it's irreversible. Doesn't mean you can make the decision to do it. And then change later because you hit a tripwire that said, if I'm not at this point, I'm going to, you know, do something different, but you know, you're making that decision. So you, you, there's a number of ways to go about it, but you have to assess all your options. There's one thing I just wrote about in my blog last week was we often frame decisions as two options, do something or not do it, do this or that, Mm. you know, Mm. and, and it turns out studies of decision-making show that decisions where we only have two options, you know, one alternative to what we're doing now fail 52% of the time, as opposed to decisions where we look at more options, those fail only 32% of the time. So that's actually like a 60% difference because of going from 32 to 52. So it fails quite a bit more often when we don't broaden the number of options we have. Yeah. You know, so you I kind, think, I kind of think of, I, I, I've never really thought of that. I feel like yeah. most of my decisions is like, how can I do that? You know what I mean? Instead of like, 
the two options is like if you if you ask yourself how can i get there then you 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 broaden your your scope of view which means there's more options so it's like how can i get there okay well there's so many paths i can take right now now i have to decide which one i'm going to take but but i didn't automatically cut cut it off and say, um, what were the two options you gave? It was, it was, uh, yeah. uh well, do this, don't do this. Do this there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, 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 you're not limiting yourself. Like you just said, I think that's, that's super important to, to, yeah. to pinpoint. Well, well, that's good for you. You, you look at how can I do this and understanding what your goal actually is, is important. So you, you may have heard the little metaphor of, you know, you go to a hardware store because you want to buy a three quarter inch bit drill mm -hmm. bit, mm -hmm. you know, so, and the, the salesman says, so, so what do you need? I need a three quarter inch drill bit. Well, that's not really what you need. What you need is a three quarter inch hole. So your goal is to get that hole. It's not really to get the drill bit. The drill bit is one option for the hole or getting what you want. Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe Seth Godin, you know, says that maybe the hole isn't what you want. What you really need is a shelf on the wall. And maybe that's not what you really need. What you really want is to make your wife happy. And she's the one that asked for the shelf. So <laughs> your wife's happiness is your ultimate goal. Yeah. You know, so so we have to think what is our, you know, the, the ultimate goal that we want. And, you know, if you're thinking about starting your own business, yeah, how can you do it? Just like you said, think, think about different ways you can do it. When I was thinking about becoming a magician and quitting my corporate job, those really weren't the only two options I was considering. I also thought, what if I could go part-time because I wanted to ease into it. I had no idea if I'd be successful or not. So I actually tried to take the route of seeing if I could work part-time, the company I was working for, and then the rest of my time building up this, my personal magician business. Right. But I was, my manager wouldn't do it. He, you know, that, that turned out not to be an option, but that, you know, I did at least think about but you, other you explored it. Yeah. Right. And as a magician, I also explored other options, you know, since then, um, you know, as I said, be, being a speaker, going into trade shows, doing corporate entertainment, entertainment, mm -hmm. you know, just trying to look at the breadth of options. And this is where I, I think a lot of people, when they're, when they're starting out on their own, they don't take enough, um, put enough emphasis on teamwork on getting out an outside view you know um and getting other trusted trust people that you can trust to give their input especially people that have gone down the route that you're that you, that you want to go down because part of the one of the things the lizard brain does is we have overconfidence in our own abilities people that 80% of people think that they're better drivers than the average driver. Mm -hmm. That can't be true. 50% are better, 50% are worse. Right. But I, and I ask this question often when I'm doing a speaking program and I say, everybody rate yourself as a driver between one and 10. And it's when I ask it, it's almost always like 90% or 95%. Uh, and, and in all kinds of domains, we think we're smarter our IQ is higher than average. We think we're better charitable giving than average, you know? So we have these cognitive illusions that I call them that ties to my magic that can interfere with effective decision-making. So it's important to try to get an outside view because the outside view is usually mm -hmm. more accurate than just our own view. Now we don't discard our, our own experience, but looking at the experience of others. So it's also why, you know, I talked about diversity in teams is so important 
to get other types of experiences, um, ways of thinking involved in a decision-making process so that, so that you're, you're not just having tunnel vision and you're not just driven by what might be your own emotions or cognitive biases, but you're getting other people because we can see when other people, when their cognitive biases or their emotion is, is at work better than we can see it in ourselves. Mm. So that, that's one thing I, I, I recommend for anybody that's, you know, that's actually any, any aspect of your life where you're, you know, making an impactful decision. Team, is, teamwork. Is collaboration, work with a yeah. team. I think a lot of people, uh, they, they want to do everything themselves. We talk about it all the time, but uh, outsourcing. So like a lot of people, you know, want, they put the pressure on themselves. Oh, I need to I need to do this. I need to do every aspect of my business. Right. Yeah. When when you you could get someone better to do it. Right. Someone who who actually specializes it. You know, I wouldn't go and try and do computer IT. I'd reach out to Steve and be like, hey, can you help me with this? Um, and so. Um, teamwork that all plays in a teamwork yeah. collaboration and that in turn opens your mind and now you can teach me right you can teach me how to do computer it so that i i, I know what's going on you know what i mean and i i can yeah. possibly attempt uh, attempt to do it or attempt to get better at it right um, right right but, and you know so, building yeah. your you're building your skill stack right you're, yeah that um and I'm, I'm totally guilty. You know, I talk about decision making. I am definitely not the best decision maker in the world, but I think I'm, I think I'm better than I used to be. Well, I, I think, studied. I think it's more important to, to <laughs> realize that if, if, even if you're not the best decision maker, you're still thinking about the decision, right? It's like, at least you're thinking about it, right? Because right. a lot of people just do stuff, but, but for you, it makes you a good decision maker of when you actually think about your decision and you weigh your options. Right. Um, and right. I, and, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I think no. you said you're not a good decision maker, but I think at least you're thinking about it. That does make you a good decision maker. You yeah. might not, you might not pick the best option, but at least, at least you thought about it. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And I think my decisions are better than they used to be because I, I now Ooh. think more about it and I know more about the decision-making process there and you go. what works and what doesn't. But you know, like, like I'm really guilty of what you were talking about, not wanting to outsource because I think, uh, they're not, they don't know my business. Like I do you know, you trying to hire VA or something. So I've, I've kind of struggled with that be, and, um, you know, and I, I want to do my own design and, and, and all of that. So, so it yeah. is, yeah, it's kind of, kind of difficult to let that stuff go sometimes, but, exactly. um, yeah, but yeah, get, get, if you can get other people in, involved who can help you, you know, at least in, especially as, as I mentioned, people that have been through what you're going through that have made mistakes that can tell you, well, watch out for this roadblock because this is what I did, or I had this blind spot and it, I wasted a lot of money going this one direction when I should have been doing something else. Very true. You know, so. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about um, your book, um, Seven Strategies. So it, it kind of ties into decision performance. Um, yeah. What, what is this about? What, what even made you write this? And, and yeah, let's, let's dig into it. Sure. Sure. It's called Seven Strategies for Making Great Decisions. And it's, it's very small. It's an ebook. You can get it for free on my website. Um, so, you know, and it's, it's a quick read, but what I do is I talk about um, different things that, that you can do to help you make better decisions, um, things to look out for. Um, for example, I have the first chapter is on invisible biases. So they're what I call, what I'm now calling cognitive illusions, which are the you know, there's the term cognitive bias, which incorporates a lot of different types of subconscious impulses, distortions, preferences, 
that, you know, that are hidden because they're subconscious, but they affect how we go through life, how we make decisions and the things that we do. So I, I talk about some of those that you have to try to recognize. And, you know, I, I loved when you were talking about, it's important just to take a moment and think about your decisions because some people just do things without even thinking about it. Exactly. I'm, my mantra is confront the lizard. So I use the lizard as my metaphor for the lizard brain, you know, that, mm -hmm. that part that, that influences us in these different ways, confront the lizard. And that means take a moment, kick it up from your lizard brain up to your big thinking conscious executive level brain so that you can overcome those, those types of influences that may be leading you, you know, away from your goals and values. Mm -hmm. So, so that's, that's one of the methods. I also have a chapter on the brain, the physical brain itself. And, you know, we talked to, about your brain is your tool for making decisions and decisions are what determine your success. Well, you know, your people think, or they feel that their, their brain is what it is. You know, you're born, it's your genetics. You're born with the kind of brain you have, but you can actually do things to improve your brain. I was just about to say that. I was just about yeah. to say that neuroscience was one of the hardest classes in my life, but it was, the <laughs> it was the most fun. Like, like what you were saying, you, you, you can do stuff to improve. Like you think of your brain as like electrical wires, right? It sends electric uh, electricity to, to different parts of your brain and lights it up. Right. And that's what gets it thinking. If, if you're training, if, if one is like, uh, not used in a while, it's going to become, you know, suppressed. And, it, right. and it's not learning. So the way you can train yourself is by doing specific things and, and, and that way it lights it up. And every time it lights up, just think of it as muscle memory, right? Yeah, and exactly. So, and, and yeah, that was, that was great. I was literally gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and one thing, just a, just a quick tangent is one of the things I talk about a lot is the status quo bias, how lizard brain wants us to take the safe, stay the, the safe route, which is usually just keep doing what we're doing, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, back in, in the wild, when we were, you know, wild animals living in on, on the plains or the prairies, taking that well-worn path to the river was the safe route because we know what's there going off a different route. Well, there's potential threats out there that we don't know about. So we have this inclination, right. To just keep doing what we're doing, right. Mm -hmm. Rather than, rather than doing different things. So, but we it, it's been proven that having new experiences and new situations and new ways of thinking that's like you said it lights up the brain it creates new pathways between neurons new pathways, and that yeah. activity is healthy for yeah. the brain whereas if you just if you're in a rut and you're doing the same thing over and over again yeah you're not getting that activity you're only right? making that part of your brain stronger so it's not even thinking about the other parts. And that way you're like, oh, no, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing because I know this. I feel comfortable with this as opposed right. to exploring other options that could be considered as a threat. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and some other ways that I you know talk about the physical brain is and it's basically all the stuff that's good for your heart is good for your brain. Hmm. Exercise, cardio exercise is good for your brain. You know, there's certain diet, certain foods, you know, like fish, the Mediterranean diet, which is actually healthy for your brain. You know, and I've read studies that um, talk about the different the the, the um, different brain regions and the different chemicals that are in the brain that get either suppressed or supported by different kinds of diet. You know, and of course, hydration, uh, getting enough sleep, all that stuff that is you think generally healthy for you. Well, that's helping your brain as well. So that's mm -hmm. another strategy for making great decisions is having a good brain. How do you right? feel about how do you feel about technology? 
How do you feel about the phone and and, and the computers? Uh, oh boy that can, we, <laughs> we, could, we could go down a real rabbit hole with that but it's basically so i talk a lot about about the lizard brain and what technology is, does is it goes right for the lizard brain and it you know you may have seen the the netflix show the social oh man that was amazing social dilemma social dilemma right right amazing. and i've been i've kind of followed um tristan harris for quite a while he was the google guy yeah and he he was a magician too so he knows about magic tricks and, and that's why it fascinates me is that that's the whole social media thing is it's like, it's like a magic trick trying to fool your brain into, into thinking one thing when it's really doing something else. Sure. So uh, technology, you know, is great, but um, we really, we really have to use our, the thinking part of our brain to use technology well and to not let it yeah. overwhelm us and suck all of our personal resources away from us. You know, you always have to think, and this sounds cold, but you think about ROI, return on investment of your time, you know, how much time and how much mental and emotional energy are you putting into always checking your phone, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so time, time is the most, uh, most important thing. Not money, it's time. It's um, time. Time is non-renewable. You don't know how much you have and you can't not spend it. You know, that's yeah. what makes it. Yeah, true. true. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. it's you, you can't like that. Always well, spending. I'm gonna save it for tomorrow. You know? yeah. <laughs> I never it's even thought about up. that. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm gonna mention one more thing from my book Seven Strategies is it's a it's a chapter titled Question Everything. And you know, I'm fascinated by you and and your podcast and the misguided podcast, you know, and I was I was looking up, well, what what is this podcast about and why I thought it might be might be a good fit, you know, for what I talk about. Um and you had mentioned the, you know, about being misguided by society mm -hmm. and, and, and how you had to recognize that, right. In order to make the best choices for yourself. So you had to question everything, right. Mm -hmm. And this is, I don't know if you're familiar with the, he's a late comedian called George Carlin. Mm -hmm. Do you, have you heard of it? Okay. So he, he, he was, he was, he was big and he was kind of a, uh, a rogue kind of a, kind of a maverick, but he, <laughs> He questioned everything. That was his big thing. Question everything. And he was talking about questioning authority, questioning society, questioning institutions, government, accepted wisdom, cultural norms, you know, and a lot of this comedy was based around that. And that's great. But the way, I, but I take it a step further and I say, we need to question everything, not just what comes to us from the outside, even though we should do that too, but question what's going on on the inside as well. The mm. impulses, you know, to that, um, especially when, when they're emotional, you know, if you're really mad about something, you know, before you express that anger, <laughs> question it and think, okay, is it going to serve me to put a post on social media or call this person and yell at them? Or, you know, is this going to serve me? Question all the feelings that you're having in the, in your decision-making process in order because it's, you're not always being fed the right information. We think intuition and instinct is an infallible and it's not. Very it true. can lead to a lot of bad decision-making. So, so that's Very a few true. of the chapters. Yeah. And people can, if they want to want to see the rest of my seven strategies for making great decisions, they can check it out on my website. Nice. Nice. Well, um, man, I appreciate you coming up here and, and dropping this, this great knowledge. Um, like I said, we never had someone come up here and talk about psychology, right. Or decisions, man, because decisions go, it's extremely important when starting a bit a business, you know what I mean? So like, um, it's good right. to have someone 
kind of tap into that that aspect. Um, yeah, and we we all got to make better decisions. We got to we got to question everything, right? Right, right. And and you know what what I always recommend is since we're going to try to overcome our subconscious lizard brain illusions and influences, what do you replace it with? Your values. Uh-huh. Think about your values, and this is what I recommend to people, and even young people starting out and who are thinking about starting their own business. Right? What are the core? What are the things that are important to you? What? How do you want people to perceive you? Personality traits, you know, mm. integrity or whatever. So, I, and I can tell you what mine are because I've got them listed on my website. I have a value statement, and so I think so. Everybody needs to think of what their core values are. Write them down so they can keep them top of mind, put them on your desk or wherever you can see them. And if you can express them to the world on social media or on your website and say, these are my values and you do it, Juwan. In fact, I was looking at your about page on your website. Mm -hmm. Juwan strives to use music as a platform to inspire, motivate and influence youth and unite the community together. And, and I love that. Those are things that you value, right? Mm -hmm. You unity, motivating, motivating and inspiring and influencing people in a positive way. Those are your values. Right. And I love that. And, and, um, and gosh, I wish you, by the way, the best of success in your, in your business and in your future, because you've, you, you're going, you've got the right values and you're going in the right direction. Certainly. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I I think that's important. Values extremely important. It plays into every aspect of what you do. Um, so in, in your day to day, you know, every, every behavior, um, should be a reflection of your value. Um, so I appreciate that. Um, so the way we like to end the show, um, I ask a question, um, it's called the guided conclusions, uh, section. I ask a question that could be funny, serious, um, pretty much anything, but it's something we haven't previously discussed beforehand. Um, (laughs) (laughs) today's question is going to be a little silly, um, because you're a magician. Um, I want to know about illusions. So, if you could use magic to make someone believe something, uh, any illusion, right? You can trick them into believing um, they're a princess forever. I don't know. Something, if you could use it, what what would that magic trick be in, in order to trick someone? Ooh, that is it's, a... And it's permanent, right? So it's permanent. Right. So yeah. once I do this this trick on them... Then on it's them, gonna... it's going to stay. Yeah. So it could be it could be putting, you know, it could be tricking them into, you know, giving them a value or whatever, but it ha- yeah. it has to be something. What would it be? Here here here's one. Okay. If I could all of a sudden do some sort of magic trick to make people understand that they're being fed a version of a movie and there's actually two versions of the movie and they don't even see the other one. The Truman Show. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so, you know, we are, you know, when you look at media and and how we get information, and if you look at like, you know, we're not talking about politics, but you look at the left and the right, the reason people disagree and they can't understand how other people can feel the other, how can you think that about that that person or that policy mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, that because they're seeing a completely different movie than you're seeing. The information they're getting is completely different from what you're getting. So we're each getting this tunnel vision. And if I could do this magic trick, I would open up all the information to everybody so that everybody could see what's really going on instead of just their own little tunnel of information. That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful answer. 
I love it. Well, thank I love you. It. And I was, I was hoping you said, said something like that because when I was writing down the question, I was like, I hope he says something to like this degree. So that's perfect. <laughs> um, cool, cool, man. Well, like I said, I appreciate you coming up here. Um, go ahead and give everyone um, your social medias or your website. Let them know where they can reach reach you and, and stuff. Sure. So, so my website is stevehafner.com. So it's just Steve H A F F N E R dot com and you can get my the seven strategies book we talked about and you can sign up for my newsletter my newsletter is called cognizance and it's a very quick read and it points to my blog so every every week i come up with another uh another insight into either decision making or how illusions or affect our decision making um and just it's all about achievement you know getting better making better decisions yeah. and, uh, and there's a little something something fun in there too so it's a good you know people are like oh do i want more more email. Well, if it's going to be helpful and useful to you, maybe you do, you know? Yeah. So you can get that at my website. I am on Twitter. It's Steve Hafner and um, Facebook. If you look up Steve Hafner decision performance, you can find me on Facebook as well and, and LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook are my main social medias. Nice. Well, you heard it here, guys. Um, I appreciate you listening to this episode. Make sure you share and make sure you make better decisions to get better results. I'm sitting here with with Steve Hafner. Um, This is the Misguided Podcast where we intend to guide you to a better future. My name is Juwan. Make sure you like, like, like and share this episode. Thank you. Stay true to yourself, stay true to your fam Cause those outside, they will never understand Cause they will always judge you And I feel your pain is sad and it hurts to say But it's true, I can't take the pain away from you I wish I could, but I can only let you know the truth Maybe even show you a couple things to do Cause they see right through, but only if they knew They see the smile and the image But if you listen to my words You will know what I'm representing They say J-Rock is just a gimmick But how is that when everything I spit Paints the picture vivid See, I done had a lot to drink And although time passed I done had a lot to think Ask me if I'm on the radio I'm probably not But I don't do it for the mainstream I do it for the kids on the block With no direction Misunderstood Cause every mistake is questioned And people come and go Like a heat game section Sick of all the drama I learned my lesson See, I done been back and forth with my conscience I'm cautious And I still don't know what I want yet Set me up Cause snakes wanna see me fuck up I heard you run your mouth with your tricks Never shut me up So, what you gotta say now? I'm not in it for you Just wanna make my family proud I see the vision I see it clear Nothing hurts worse than wiping your mother's tears Uh, Nothing feels better than facing your greatest fears And nothing means more to you than what you wanna hear Uh it's my time now, signing out, sincerely yours, cause I'm the best you never even heard about. Stay true to yourself, stay true to your fam, cause those outside, they will never understand, cause they will always judge you, and I feel your pain is sad and it hurts to say, but it's true, I can't take the pain away from you, I wish I could, but I can only let you know the truth, maybe even show you a couple things to do, cause they see right through, but only if they knew. It doesn't matter how you live and doesn't matter what you drive, cause we're Six feet deep when we die.
die. Everybody in the gang, everybody has a pride. I still keep it G with no peace by my side. You see, it really saddens me when everybody leaving. They claim to make it changes, but it's real hard to believe them. I gave too many chances, everybody so deceiving. Now they're hating me for doing better, man. I can't believe it. I gotta keep it rolling on. Picture me a rolling stone. I do this for my mama, cause I gotta bring it home. And no matter what you do, you just gotta keep it going on. People's gonna judge and try to bring you down, just let it go. Keep your head up, cause there will be better days. I've been going on my way. Everybody turn the foes. It don't matter where you go. Only if they knew what I'm really trying to do. I'm surrounded by the lies. I just wanna hear the truth. Let me hear Stay true to yourself, stay true to your fam Cause those outside, they will never understand Cause they will always judge you And I feel your pain is sad and it hurts to say But it's true, I can't take the pain away from you I wish I could, but I can only let you know the truth Maybe even show you a couple things to do Cause they see right through, but only if they knew But only if they knew But only if they knew